A recent study shared that people between 18 and 37, which is Generation Z and Millennials, are saving nearly 16% of their annual income for retirement, and that includes employer contributions. So that right there is really good. And so I want to ask you, are you one of them? Are you saving 16% of your annual income for retirement? If not, don't despair. Today, Dave is going to share money hacks. He's got 10 of them. And if you are willing to implement some of them, they can change how you think and live financially. You too can win with money. Good day and welcome to the Save Like Dave podcast, where we are on a mission to help you save and win with your money on almost any income level. Dave retired at 55, traveled the world, and lived abundantly, all while making well under $50,000 a year his entire career. Now it's your turn. Let's take your financial dreams to the next level. On today's episode, Dave's going to share a little bit about his past when he started saving and his when he first started his career. And then we're going to add a lot of practical examples for you. Dave has 10 different clever ways that you can use to save with money. Well, thanks, Nate. And uh, let's get right into it. Today, I'm going to share a story about when I was just getting started right out of college and how I became a regular saver. When I was just out of college, I guess I'm 22 years old. And back then, I don't know if it's this way anymore, but most people get paid every week. And I would get paid every Friday in the form of a paper check, and I would get it from the office. And what I did to help me in my routine of paying myself first, I would immediately drive from work over a bridge in town to my bank. And so my point there is I got my check and I went right to the bank so I could deposit my portion first before I started paying the bills. So depending on the season, as I was in retail sales, my check would vary. And there's a lot of people today that make commissions or they get tips. And your check from week to week does vary. I understand that. I I lived that for many years. And so for me, again, in the slower months, I'd get paid around $150 to $180 per week take home. And during the holidays, I'd get paid roughly $180 to $230 per week. A good thing to remember here, this was, uh, what, how many years ago? Maybe 40 years ago? Yeah, yeah. It was in the 70s. I graduated from college in 77. And so this is the late 70s. That's the numbers. And as you remember from previous podcasts, unfortunately, I was not in one of the higher paid careers or higher paid professions. Like I was not an accountant or a financial person or a realtor or doctor or lawyer, any of those things that tend to pay higher. I was in retail sales, and like I've said, although I liked the job initially, it really didn't pay that well. So, as uh, as I mentioned, uh, I was making between 150 and 230 dollars a week, depending on the season. And back in the 70s, you know, for me that was okay. And during that time, my expenses were very reasonable. So my goal was to put 100 dollars in savings for future investments, and then I'd live on the rest. So think about that, you know, during uh, every week at the low point, if I got $150, I put 100 in the bank and I was living on $50 for the week. Now I know that sounds probably absurd to everyone today, but everything's relative. And at the time, it was doable for me. And uh, I also, I remember at one point for a few months, I got a job as a cook. I learned a little bit about being a cook. I was a single person 
And I wanted to understand how that maybe I could be a little better at making my own meals. So that added a little bit. And so those are side hustles. So I'm saving $100 a week. And just to give you perspective, my rent was $90 a month. And this was a studio apartment in the back of this uh, widow. She had a house and uh, it was like a probably an old, like a garage or a shed that somebody had converted it into a uh, studio apartment. And I had a, you know, a bathroom and an upstairs bedroom, but it was pretty basic. But it was fine for me. I was single and I didn't care. So $90 a month and my other expenses were relatively low. I was literally, gosh, probably a quarter mile from where I worked. So my gas expenses were very low and I ate at home a fair amount. I made my own peanut butter and jelly sandwich every single day for work for at least a year and a half that I was there. And I remember I would make two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and, you know, fruit or whatever also. But, um, you know, they're pretty inexpensive. And so that was just the way I did it. So all this to say that I was successful being a saver because I had a routine. I usually went out for dinner with friends on Friday evening as a reward for stashing away that $100. So this isn't really much of a hack. And I will say, though, that it worked for me. And routines can be a good thing and just might work for you as well. Yeah, one thing I wanted to hit on in that point, you kind of, you know, spoke about it a little at the beginning. You didn't didn't really mention much of it, but I would say I'm very astounded that uh, you mentioned at the beginning you would get your check every Friday and you immediately went to the bank to save that check or to save a portion of your check. And that right there is just incredible financial discipline that you had even at that age. And I think one thing to remember is, you know, we're not necessarily asking you to do the same thing. That's right. Each week, oh, I got to save this money, that, you know, it's never been easier. When Dave first started saving, you know, early in his career, he didn't have the options that we have of you can go to your HR person and say, I would like you to put 16% of my salary. I want you to put 15% or 10% of my salary directly in this investment account or directly in this savings account. That's right. That's one thing I want to hit on is Dave obviously is showing he had an incredible discipline even at a young age and just to drive to save and prepare for his future. And he looked at it like a game. But if you don't feel that same way, we're not saying you need to. Just have that discipline that one time to go to your HR person to set up that automatic saving. That's right. All right, let's uh, let's talk about a few hacks that I came across recently when I read a BuzzFeed story. And uh, these are just one or two sentences on each subject of what people do, their little hack that help them become good savers. Yeah. And one last thing I want to clarify with this too is, you know, some of these might sound outlandish or some of these think, ah, I could never do this. And, you know, the point is not that you go and implement all 10 of these things or whatever. Correct. But it's that gets you thinking and hopefully you can, maybe there's something that Dave doesn't mention that's not from the BuzzFeed story that, that, you know, makes you think, oh, you know what? I could do this. I could save $50 a month by this. I could save $100 a month if I just did these couple things. So go ahead and Dave, share these hacks. Yeah, yeah, you Nate, you're right. You know, everybody is different, right? I mean, everybody. Uh, we have different uh, routines, and we have different family circumstances. Some people are at home. Some people are living with uh, roommates, and so on and so forth. So uh, you're going to have different uh, experiences, of course. But as Nate says, hopefully, you know, you're going to pick up something, or you're going to think of something that you do or can do to win with money. So here's one that uh, I read: cook in bulk. Do like a big pot of something cheap and make beans and rice or curry and then eat the leftovers for a few days. 
you know, you can use fewer ingredients over the week. And what happens is you cook it once in a crock pot, say, or however you do it, and then you freeze or save the leftovers. And some of the meals you can mix up with other products. And basically you're, you're saving time, but you're also saving money. So cook in bulk. Yeah. And a caveat to that is obviously you have to have, in this case, not necessarily not just financial discipline, you have to have kind of eating discipline to say, you know what, I'm going to eat a lot of similar meals yep. throughout the week. But uh, the amount of time that you can save cooking in bulk is is tremendous. Yep. And for those of you that have heard of Dave Ramsey, you've heard him say this a hundred times. He said, you know, when you really want to win with money, you have to really get serious. And he calls it, all you're going to do is eat rice and beans. And the only time you're going to go into a restaurant is if you're working there. And when you have that kind of a mindset, you start to change the way you think about money. And that's my goal here is to get you to think differently about money. Yep. All right. Number two. Okay. Only drinking water is a solid one. You know, soda or or I call it pop at restaurants and other drinks add up a lot, like huge amount, as Nate and I talked about earlier about the McDonald's story. It's crazy how much that stuff costs. And, you know, as a caveat too, obviously water is so much healthier, right? Absolutely. All right. The next one is avoid buying snacks and drinks for convenience when you're out. So when you go in those 7-Eleven type stores is what I'm talking about. A 20 ounce is usually $2 and you can get a two liter of, you know, pop of whatever, if that's what you drink on sale a lot of times for $1. You can buy a small bag of chips or another snack and they can be $1 or $2. For another one or two dollars, you can get the whole bag or a box that is four times the amount. So you're just thinking differently about how you buy things. You know, fast food, when you see it right up near the uh, register, I pretty much guarantee you that is going to be really expensive per ounce or however they sell it. It's not the best way to spend your hard-earned money if you're trying to win with money. Another hack that uh, someone brought up was brew coffee at home or get iced coffee from the store. So there are some good brands out there that cost like $5 for half a gallon. And if you're too tired or busy to grind beans or brew it, it's still cheaper than coffee shops. Another example is to learn how to sew. Sew buttons on, patch things, and restitch seams. Now, new jeans are way more expensive than a button. Yeah, and I'll just add to that as well because, you know, I'm not a sewer and, and that one probably wouldn't apply to me. But I would say one thing I'd like to add to that is be good at fixing things. Yep. Be good at, you know, I'm not saying you need to change your car's oil, but maybe you can change out your air filter or fix. Wiper blades, right? Yeah, exactly. There's one recent thing that we had. (laughs) But just little things that you can do around your house or apartment. So I'll just add to that. Yeah. Recently, Nate was brought that up because uh, we ordered some wiper blades for the car. And we had a heck of a time trying to put those stupid things on. But if you get a wiper blade at the oil change service, let's just say it's about 20 bucks. And if you buy it at the local automotive place, it's about 10 bucks. So 40 bucks for two or 20 bucks for two and you put them on yourself. And now I know a lot of places like AutoZone and such, if you ask, they'll actually put them on for you and they don't charge you for it. So just simple little things like that start to make a difference over time. Exactly. All right. One more that I have that I want to share is before you buy something online, put it in your cart and wait a day or two. Guess what? You might not even want it anymore. So 
a lot of times we see something and it's this bright, new, shiny thing. And it's like, oh, I want that. But do you really need it? And so that's the point of uh, letting it sit in the cart for a couple of days. So essentially not allowing yourself to be an impulsive buyer. Right, exactly. So if you still want it, you might even get a discount code emailed to you from the brand. But if you still want it and you know you got the money to pay for it, you know, maybe it's the right thing to do. But just a hack to think about doing things differently with your money. This next hack really hits on something you followed pretty much your entire career. I did. And I, I kind of shared with you about the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Pack your lunches for work. Come on, guys, this is time to change because I know so many of you put money in your pocket for the week and you eat out every single day with your work buddies or friends. And what I'm saying is pack your own lunch. Eating out at work really adds up. You can save a lot. And you know from my previous talks, this is one of my favorite hacks. And I did it pretty much my whole career. Once in a while, I'd eat out with friends, you know, but most every single day. And I did this before they were even called a hack. That's kind of a a new term in the last few years. The next one is eat before going to the grocery store. You'll buy less on impulse if you aren't hungry. The next one is every time you get a raise, now this is a good one, automatically save half of the raise because savings is anything that improves your net worth. So paying off your debt, putting money into your savings account or investing in retirement are all ways that you can automatically grow your net worth. Now, just think about this for a second. When you get that raise, let's just say it's the end of the quarter, end of the month, end of the year, the day before you get that raise, you didn't know it was coming or you didn't know how much, say. So that money wasn't even part of your plans yet. That's a great way to look at it. And I think that makes a lot of sense because you should just look at the raise as you know, money that you don't need to spend right now. Right. Yeah, you were, you were doing just fine with the money you were making and now you got a raise. So put it to better use. All right, the next one is buy store brands at the supermarket. They are usually made and packaged by the same expensive name brands. And I will tell you a very quick story, but my, uh, I guess my very first job after college, I, I moved from the East Coast in Boston out to Oregon. And before I get to working at Sears, I didn't have a job at all. And I took what was available and I worked for this frozen food plant in Albany, Oregon. And what would happen is these uh, farmers would bring in their seasonal vegetables. This company would process them and put them in boxes and then ship them via train to you know warehouses or wherever they went for the grocery stores. Well, I can tell you firsthand that I remember when I first worked there, I just worked there a short time, but the farmers brought in their peas and you know they'd fill up these big, big tubular containers with peas and they'd go through the process of you know cleaning them and whatever. And so then they'd eventually go down the line and all these different people do these different things and they'd box them up and they'd have, I think, 12 to a box. They'd seal up the box and then they'd put that box on a pallet. That pallet would fill up with, say, 50 or 100 cases of boxes of frozen peas. And then they would be forklifted over to the refrigerated train car. And I was in there with another buddy. And we would get that pallet of frozen food. And we would start at the very front end of the really cold boxcar. And one case at a time, we'd fill up the first row. Then we'd fill up the second row, on, on and on and on. It took us four hours to fill one half of that 
frozen food boxcar. And then, you know, the whistle would blow, we'd have lunch, we'd go back in, and then the next four hours we filled the other half, and uh, then we closed the boxcar, and that night they took it away. Sounds like a fun job. It was pretty exciting, let me tell you. However, you know, every job you learn stuff, and there's value in every job, I'm telling you. You know, I learned that I didn't want to be in that type of industry as a career. I, I got a good workout. I was physically sweating in this cold boxcar, and it was pretty boring work. But I learned some things. And the one thing I learned regarding to this hack that I just told you about is I remember one, say, for three or four days, they were filling those boxes with the package that said bird's eye peas, right? That's a, a national brand, or at least it used to be. And then after three or four days, the same peas off the same conveyor going in the same boxes were relabeled with the, the Safeway label. And I thought, wow, that's, that was the first time in my life I saw that, and I, I couldn't believe it, that these were the exact same peas. They weren't special. They weren't different. They were the same peas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going to pay, I don't know, 30 40 50% more for the Bird's Eye brand than the Safeway brand. And so my point is, there's, there's really cool things that you can do to save money, and that's just a super simple one. Yeah, exactly. I think all these grocery store brands or non-generic brands oftentimes are the exact same manufacturing, almost certain of it. That's right. And the quality is the same. I will say it's not 100% of the time because there's been times when I've bought the uh, generic brand and I really didn't like it, but almost 100% of the time. Yep. All right. The last one I want to share with you is uh, just because you can buy something doesn't mean you can afford it. All right. I just gave you about uh, 10 hacks or ideas for you. So now, what one really got your attention? I'm hoping that you know something caught your ear. What one will you start using this week? I'd be curious to know. So if you have a minute, email me which one you chose to focus on. And as a reminder, you can do that on savelikedave.com and just hit the little tab that says email and just leave me a quick comment. Just, I'm just curious. I'm just curious if there's one that caught your ear. All right. I'm going to uh, end with these three points to emphasize, as I always do. And the first one is, another way to think of hacks is as a simple way or a creative way to solve a problem, a financial problem in this case. Second, uh, you can call it a hack or make up any name you want to use. My goal today was to stimulate you to think differently from what you've done in the past and to create a new, more successful process to save more of your hard-earned money. And the last point is, think about this phrase for just a minute. I shared it once before, and I'm going to shave it again because it is so good. The day before you get the raise, you didn't know it was coming, so the money isn't part of your plans yet. That is a powerful way to think differently about money. And in this case, you can put that money into investments that go up in value. So again, we want you to just pick one or two hacks that really stuck with you, or maybe even something that Dave didn't mention. Mm -hmm. But most importantly, we want you to take action. That's right. Take action, guys. You've listened to the podcast long enough. Now it's time to take action. Pick one and go for it. I gave you a bunch of ways to deal with money in hopes that you will be getting off the couch, so to speak, and to make at least one a part of your saving strategy. Which one did you choose? Send me an email. All right. And we'd love to hear from you. Again, you can either email dave at savelikedave.com or 
Just go to Save Like Dave on the website and fill out the quick and easy contact form. So that wraps up this episode. On the next podcast, we're going to delve into the psychology behind changing bad behaviors to good behaviors. Interestingly, Dave is also going to share a gross example of how he changed a bad habit into a good one. You will learn a simple method to change behaviors and win with money. Yeah, thanks, Nate. And it really is gross. I, I was contemplating whether I'd even share this, but hopefully I caught your ear and, and you're going to listen to the next one because uh, the point is that you can change. All right. Well, we'll look forward to hearing what exactly that gross example is. But what is today's scripture verse that we're going to end with? Today's scripture comes from 1 Timothy 5 and it's verse 8. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever.